Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Looking to push tempo here, the Pelicans. Oh, that follow through. He posed. That's right. This is what takes you to another level. What the Pell is up, everybody? This is Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans, and I am your host. Elliot Clough. It's been a hot sec, and I apologize for only putting out two podcasts in the last two weeks, but we're back at it. Just me on the mic today. But if you missed our last two episodes, first one was with Ollie Cosell, editor-in-chief of the Bird Rights SB Nation's Pelicans affiliate, and we also had Pelicans beat writer for The Athletic on last week, Will Guillory, an incredible, incredible episode. You definitely don't want to miss that one. We talked Kyrie, the restarting of the season, and how the Pell should go about the remainder, or I guess the offseason coming after uh, the remainder of the regular season, plus way, way, way more. Um, one of my favorite pods so far, Will Guillory's a great dude, um, and clearly being in the position that he's in, he knows the Pelicans very, very well. You do not want to miss that episode. Will also just put together an article detailing Drew's contract negotiations in 2017. Feel free to check that out on the Athletics website. But for today, a lot's come out in the last probably 24 hours or so. We remembered the day Zion was drafted and how everything changed after that, especially for, well, not just New Orleans, but the league in its entirety as well. So uh, we're going to be remembering that a little bit today, talk about the implications of the two players who will be sitting out. So a lot to cover in today's podcast. Going to want to stick around today, folks. Again, feels like it's been forever. I'm so damn happy to be back on the mic. Thank you to those who are uh, returning listeners, big fans of the show. Uh, I love you. I really do. And I mean that genuinely. And if you would like to show love back, Make sure to leave a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. That really, really, really helps us out. And if you want to give me a follow on Twitter, give us a follow on Twitter. It's at Elliot Clough. Uh, that way you can interact with the podcast in a variety of different ways by responding to polls uh, and questions placed by me. You'll be responding to those and therefore sharing your opinion on the podcast, of which not only do I like to share with you, but I also like to react to and, and give my inside point of view uh, for, from hosting this podcast and also be a writer, being a writer for the Bird Rights and Hoops Habit covering the Pelicans. So, anywho, today's podcast, we are we have gotten word, I should say, now that players are planning to sit out the remainder of the season, those eight games and the playoffs. Two players that are notable, I haven't heard of any other ones just in general, but these two are more notable than one would probably expect. 
two names that will affect these teams' chances at making the playoffs for sure. So this first one, not necessarily affecting the Pelicans so much, but a big name in the East, a big runner in the chance for sixth man of the year and one of the most improved players in the league this year. Davis Bertans from the Washington Wizards will be sitting out the remainder of this season. We should probably have on uh, who was our first guest ever on this podcast from Believe in the Wizards, Matt Moderno, to talk that one. If we go in depth with that at all, but I, I don't think so. Like I've said a bunch of times when we talk other topics, this is a Pelicans podcast. So we'll, we'll leave that one over to Matt Moderno and, and Larry Hughes on Believe in the Wizards. If you want to check that out, their podcast, they do great stuff over there. But anywho, uh, according to Bertons, it was, this was a preventative measure for him. This man's had two ACL tears in his career playing basketball. But this season, he's playing great ball, like I said, in runner in the running for sixth man of the year, maybe most improved player of the year, was averaging 15.9 points per game and 20.3 minutes per game while shooting 42.4% from three-point range on over eight attempts per game. So Berton's probably on the verge of earning a pretty big payday. He's going to be valuable for a lot of teams out there, Berton's, who hasn't been making a lot of money in his NBA career, hasn't had a lot of success until this year. You can assume that the Wizards are probably going to want to bring him back he is an unrestricted free agent, so there is no restriction as to if the Wizards can match a an offer from another team. But Bertans, who knows what he's going to want to do. Obviously, like I said, just had his best season after being traded to the Wizards. So maybe he'll want to stick around, stick around in that system, uh, play for a few more years with Bradley Beal, maybe get John Wall back on the floor. We'll see. One way or another, he's probably going to get paid this offseason. If he decides to go somewhere like, who knows, Charlotte, Phoenix, he'll probably get more money just because they tend to do that type of thing. But it is a possibility that he returns to the Wizards considering the success that he had this season. And they are paying John Wall and Bradley Beal out the wazoo, but not that I, I'm not aware of any other big contracts that they have on their roster. So looking at the remainder of their roster, Davis Bertans is making $7 million a year. Thomas Bryant at $8 million. Ian Mahinmi at $15 million. And the other contracts that are anywhere remotely near there, there are there's just a lot of room to to pay guys on this roster. Besides, obviously, John Wall and, and Bradley Beal. John Wall, who hasn't played a single minute all year, is being paid thirty eight million dollars. Oh, that just hurts. And then there's Bradley Beal, who's balling the frick out, making $27 million. So um, it's those two on big contracts, then Ian Mahinmi at $15 million. But looks like they're probably going to have space to re-sign Bertans, bring him back, uh, get it, get him some money, and uh, he'll be playing uh, in the upcoming year for the Wizards, I would guess. Like I said, he is on the verge of earning a big payday, so we're not quite positive what he's going to do. And to reiterate, this is not because of COVID or the current social unrest now second player in in the tandem that will be out the remainder of this regular season is trevor ariza former new orleans hornet trevor ariza he's currently with the trailblazers was on the sacramento kings earlier this year after being traded to the blazers he contributed right away has been a starter for portland since he's been there he will be choosing to spend time with his son during a one-month visitation period allotted by the sons by his son's mother uh, they're currently in a custody battle 
But Ariza is averaging, or was averaging, 11 points, 4.8 rebounds, and one steal a game. He also shot 49% from the floor, including 40% on three-pointers for the Trailblazers this year. In the last matchup with the Pelicans, Ariza scored 13 points, grabbed eight rebounds in 35 minutes, but the Blazers will be offered the opportunity to sign a replacement player. Now, Ariza is a guy who I've mentioned would be great to to grab and, and fill a role of what the Pelicans wanted Kenny Hustle to be this year, a solid defender, long on the wing, who can also shoot jump shots. Clearly 49% from the field and 40% from three is what Ariza is capable of. So that's plenty of value that the Blazers are losing there while they are getting Zach Collins and Yusuf Nurkic back. Ariza did contribute for this team. I mean, 11 points, 4.8 rebounds a night isn't huge, but that's a hole that you'll need to fill one way or another, whether it's more minutes from one player or they decide to sign another guy to fill that void. So who's that going to be if they choose to do that at all? I mean, prior to acquiring Ariza, Zach Collins was starting the first three games before he went out, and Yusuf Nurkic was a perennial starter as well. Maybe Carmelo Anthony falls into that role should they decide to roll with what they've got, but there are a few players that are currently available that could be signed for the remainder of the season, as far as I know. Uh, I know some of these guys are overseas, so there was a issue, I know, with Didi Lozada. With the, if the Pelicans wanted to bring him on, they couldn't because he played overseas this year, didn't play any NBA minutes. So... Some of these might not be super accurate. I, I I don't know the specifics of the situation. So take it with a grain of salt if you'd like. But there's plenty of players that can be added to this roster in Portland that wouldn't necessarily be exactly Ariza, but they could fill a role depending on what they need in that position. If they want offense, they've got Carmelo Anthony. So I highly doubt they'll be going the route of replacing his offense. They'll probably need the defensive side of what Ariza brought to the table. So the top of my list here would be Jordan Bell, who did play power forward center. Uh, he's not a great offensive player, but an excellent player on, on the defensive side of the ball. Brought a lot of value to the, the NBA championship, Golden State Warriors in his tenure there. Uh, he's <laughs> kind of a slouch on the offensive end. Can't really shoot. Uh, I mean, he slouch isn't the right word because he's great at rebounding. He's an energy guy. But he's not going to be able to score you the 11 points a night that Ariza brought. He's absolutely not going to shoot 40% from three. So to reference his stats from the last few years, he's a rookie in the 2017-2018 season and did not get a lot of time this year in the league between Minnesota and Memphis. In his tenure with Memphis, he averaged five points a game in, in the two <laughs> tenure, the two games that he played for him, and he averaged 10 minutes, 10 point, 10 and a half minutes a game. Played 27 minutes, excuse me, 27 games for the Minnesota Timberwolves this year. Averaged 8.7 rebounds per game. So the best season he's had in his career so far looks like it was his rookie year. With the Golden State Warriors 2017-2018, he averaged 14.2 minutes per game. Shot 62% from the field, 64% from inside the arc, 68% from the free throw line and averaged 4.6 points per game along with one block and 3.6 rebounds and 1.8 assists in those 14.2 minutes per game that he did play his rookie year. So looking at the position, like I said, center power forward kind of guy and to reference that three point percentage, he 
shot 22.2 percent from from three in his uh, career and he's attempted 18 of them so he's four of 18 in his career so he's not going to replace Ariza by any means from the three-point line but Bell could provide a lot of value on the defensive end of the floor now Kenneth Fareed is a name that was pretty big last year for Houston the manimal kind of fell off the end of the earth after his crazy career start with Denver he was playing played 80 games two years in a row between 2012 and 2013 started 80 of those games in 2012 and 2013 but I mean he was having part of his career where in his second year averaged 11 and a half points and 9.2 rebounds a game along with a steal and a block so Fareed earlier on in his career just an absolute monster right there's a reason they called him the manimal last year in between Brooklyn and Houston, he played 37 games, averaged 19.7 minutes per game, along with 10.4 rebounds and six, excuse me, 10.4 points and 6.8 rebounds per game. So Fareed, a guy who's known for the defensive end of the floor, he's only going to be 30 years old right now. So Fareed is a guy that I think the Pelicans should go after this season. We're going to talk about that here soon. I don't know how I haven't brought that up, but Fareed, a guy who the Pelicans should go after, not not just the Pelicans, but possibly the Trailblazers here as we look to resume the remainder of the NBA season. And then there's just filler guys like Amon Shumper and Lance Stevenson. And we don't necessarily need to go into their stats because these guys haven't really been that relevant over the last few years, but they're an extra body. And then if you're looking for offense, you got Omri Caspi. And then the guy who uh, the Trailblazers avoided paying in Alan Crabb, which was an excellent move by them. Uh, Omri Caspi, a guy who's a really good shooter, not going to provide defensive value at all. But a guy that the Pelic or the excuse me the Trailblazers could go get to replace uh, Mr. Ariza this offseason. Do I think they're going to be in a panic in in a rush to sign somebody? No, absolutely not. They don't necessarily need it at all. I mean, with Zach Collins and Yusuf Nurkic coming back, there's are two more mouths to feed. Carmelo Anthony has been playing great on this roster. He's filled a role that he needs to fill, and so they got two rim protectors in Collins. In Nurkic and a guy who can hit a mid-range shot in Mellow and a guy who can hit a three in Mellow. So do I see them in a rush to reiterate? No, absolutely not. They'll be fine one way or another. They're still a threat to take that nine spot or the eight spot away from the Pelicans or the Grizzlies. So we'll see what happens. This this is the thing that is the biggest news probably today. Um, I mean, we're going to remember a little bit about Zion the day he was drafted and stuff like that, but uh this is big news. This is big stuff. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But now, what does this mean for the rest of the league? Will there be a snowball effect with players sitting out? Now, neither of these guys are sitting out because of the social unrest that we're currently in, in just the world today, and that the NBA has become so involved in. They are a woke league, to say the least. So with Bertans sitting out because of the possibility of injury and Ariza sitting out to see his son, if this does start to snowball, if we see players start to sit out and it's just starting to pick up and other players start to do so as well, it'll be because of, be because of someone else. Be because of someone somebody who's afraid of COVID or thinking that the remainder of the season would be a distraction from the social issues that we're facing. So... I don't think this starts to snowball. These are two guys within a short period of time, very different reasons, 
very different reasons than what we would expect right now. So therefore, I'm not quite worried about it yet. We do have about a month, five weeks before the regular season picks back up. So could it snowball in that time frame? I hope not. I'm not holding my breath that that players are going to do it. I'm not holding my breath that players aren't going to do it. You've heard my opinion on this. I want the remainder of the regular season to happen. I think putting a spotlight on, spotlight on basketball and these players is good for social unrest. Sports has been unifying. I've seen stuff on Twitter about people saying otherwise. I completely disagree. Sports have been unifying for a long time, and they've been a platform for so many different players in, in different sports, so many different athletes in different sports. So remainder of the regular season should happen. I think the players should play. Will I respect their decision not to? Yeah, to a degree. We'll see what comes out. We'll see what players say. We'll see their reasoning. Anywho, a couple other players being picked up to finish out the remainder of the regular season rather than sitting out. Corey Brewer grabbed by the Kings today. Joakim Noah signing a 10-day contract with the LA Clippers as well. Both of them signing 10-day contracts with their new teams. So, that's the question. Uh, it, it remains the question. Is there a snowball effect, effect here as well? And who else could be signed? You know, I listed those six guys that could be grabbed in the remainder of this regular season. And I'm thinking those six guys are going to be who would bring the most value to a lot of NBA teams. So I'm going to stick with that. But these two guys, you know, Joakim Noah was actually signed to a 10-day on March 9th, right before everything got shut down. So he was with the Clippers prior to, and they just decided to give him another 10-day. But I don't see him participating a whole lot. I mean, we they got Avika Zubak and Montrez Harrell, Trez. So I don't, I don't really know what the purpose was. I mean, Trez is a little bit smaller than a typical center. I believe he's 6'10", and, and Joakim Noah is... Seven foot, I want to say. So a little bit of size, a little bit of depth. I, I don't see. I mean, I'm not a big Joakim Noah guy at all. He that dude is a Neanderthal. <laughs> like I say the same thing about Stephen Adams, but Joakim Noah, look at that dude, and tell me you don't think Neanderthal. I don't know what you're thinking. Anyway, Corey Brewer, uh, that's a big pickup for the Kings. He's a stretch defender on the wing, a guy that probably would have provided some value for the Pelicans this season as well. Uh, that's a position that they could have used, but. Brewer joining a young, hot team in the Kings. That could affect the Pelicans going into this playoff series. I don't think Brewer is, I mean, it's not like they just signed, I don't know, LeBron James or, or any other stud guy. Brewer will have an effect. He's a good defender. He can hit jump shots. Do I think it completely swings the pendulum one way or another? No. Uh, he played for the, the 76ers in the Kings last season for a total of 31 games. So in those 31 games, Brewer in his 15.9 minutes per game averaged 4.9 points, 1 steal, 1.3 assists, and 2.5 rebounds. So a role-playing guy. He, he's not going to completely swing the pendulum one way or another, but he adds a little bit of value to a young Kings team that could use some depth, use some veteran leadership. And like I said, he was on the team last year, so he's already built rapport with a lot of these guys. Brewer, solid player, not going to do a whole lot. I mean, he is going to be 33. So, Pels fans probably shouldn't be too worried about it. 
as to if this will also be a snowball effect with players getting signed. I don't know. I kind of doubt it. Uh, we'll see what happens, obviously, with the Trailblazers, who they'll grab among that list of guys. I'm assuming that uh, they'll pick from that list of, of players that I did mention earlier, you know, Bell, Caspi, Crab, Fareed, Shumpert, and Stevenson. As to if other teams sign players, who knows? We'll see what happens. Uh, that's that's a lot of what's going to be going on. Uh, players have to be signed by July 1st in order to be brought to camp, be ready to play with these players in, in the remainder of this regular season. So we've got nine days to go to uh, determine who will be going where and why. Now, folks, let's take a, a little gander down memory lane, shall we? What could be one of the greatest days in Pelicans franchise history happened just a little over a year ago. The day Mr. Zion Williamson was drafted. Also D.D. Luzada, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and Jackson Hayes. This is the time, this is about the time that I actually started covering the Pelicans. You know that story if you listen to my guest appearance on Protect the Nest podcast with Christopher Dodson, one of our former guests here on Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. Shared a little bit of my story. I was a fresh college graduate looking to stay sharp with my writing skills and sports in the Pelican community. Welcome to me with open arms since, and I'm very glad to be a part of it. Started there with Hoops Habit. Now, uh, then it was Believe and, and now with the Bird Rights. But this is the day that everything changed. This is the day that the Pelicans got a player who not only cares about the community, cares about the betterment of this roster, about his teammates, about winning. It's amazing what happens when a player comes into a community and gives a shit about it. We don't have to remember the other man who must not be named in purple and gold. We don't. But Zion's, but Zion's presence in New Orleans, along with the other acquisitions, along with these guys who were drafted, everything changed. This is the day that David Griffin and Trajan Langdon solidified their spot in the front office. This is the day that the city gathered to watch and exploded once Zion was taken. This makes us think of the day that we knew the Pelicans won the draft lottery and we heard we heard Coach Gentry go, fuck yeah. <laughs> we Pelicans fans knew, and I think NBA fans knew as well, who was going to be taken that day. Who was going number one? The day New Orleans got this young man was the beginning of making New Orleans a free agent destination. Who would have thought J.J. Redick and Derek Favors would be New Orleans Pelicans right now? Anybody who tells me that prior to Zion being drafted, prior to the Pelicans winning the lottery, I'm telling you, you're an effing liar. Because New Orleans has never been a free agency destination before. Never. And that is what Zion did. That is what David Griffin did. That is what Trajan Langdon did. That is what Swin Cash did. 
and nothing has been the same. Nothing will ever be the same in New Orleans. He is a treasure and needs to be treated as such. Nothing has been the same. Nothing will be the same. And thank God. Thank God, Pelicans fans. Let me tell you. <laughs> well, folks, before we go on to our next episode of Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans, I want to throw a couple reminders at you. But don't go anywhere until the very end because we got our next guest coming on this week. I'm excited to tell you who that is. I'll be telling you that right at the bottom of the show. So before you go, go follow at Elliot Clough, E-L-I-O-T-C-L-O-U-G-H on Twitter. That way, if you have any questions, concerns, comments, you can respond to polls. You can let us know what you're thinking about the podcast over there. Respond to any thoughts that you have here from Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. And while you're here, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, leave a rate, a review, and subscribe. Do it! That is going to help us out so much, folks. So, so, so much. The more you do that, the more quality content we're going to be able to get you, and the more listeners we're going to get to be joining you here on the show. Go follow Believe on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and you can check out a plethora of Believe's other podcasts on their website, Believe.com, or just head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you're listening to this show right here. Also, you can check out some more Pelicans coverage on SB Nation's The Bird Rights and Hoops Habit via fan sided. There's going to be a ton of Pelicans content there. I've been telling you about an article. I promise I'm actually going to get to it. <laughs> so apologize for that. But guest for later this week, going to be Chris Connor. He's rejoining us. That dude has been everywhere as of late. If you are a Pelicans podcast fan, you know that dude has been on each and every other podcast that you can imagine that covers the Pelicans. So really, really excited to have my brother back on the podcast. Chris is the freaking man. He was our first Pelicans guest on the podcast. We had a few other NBA guys to talk about the AD trade, um, about their teams a little bit. People from uh, Jasmine Brown from ESPN, which was super fun, of course. But that's when about the time when we had Chris Connor join us was about the time we really started moving forward with getting all these other Pelicans guests on the show. So Super, super fun guy. That was our best podcast at that point in time. Like, not even close. Talked about the Pelicans for an hour. We could have talked about it for another 24 hours if we really wanted to. So I'm very, very excited to have Chris back on. So stay tuned for that. We'll be recording later this week. Show will be up on Friday. So stay tuned. Might have another podcast coming at you before then. I hope so. We'll see what happens. If there's uh, anything to talk about, we'll be sure to be addressing it here on Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. Before you go, do not forget, give Elliot Clough, E-L-I-O-T-C-L-O-U-G-H, a follow on Twitter, and leave that rate and review on Apple Podcasts or on Stitcher as well. So, Pels fans, once again, I am Elliot Clough, and this was Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. 
Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.